Uh, let's see here. Silly Twitch thing, MP4. Ooh, Wes. How's it going, man? What's up? I assume by the tone of your voice that we are live. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't like to give anybody the heads up. Uh, any of my co-hosts, it's always a surprise. <laughs> We're in the middle of conversations, okay. and I just change it to my tone of my voice, and I go, "Hey, hey, hey kids!" I do my crusty imitation, and then you know that we're live. You know, I'm in a perpetual state of uh, being in host mode anyway, so you can't catch me off guard, sir. Oh, your poor wife says. <laughs> <laughs> when you can't turn it off, you're like, uh, it's, it can be exhausting. Speaking of exhausting, uh, our good friend Twitcher made this, uh, I'm going to call it interesting uh, introduction for, for I don't know what else to do with this, so I'm just going to play it now. Here it is. Brian, lion, Brian with tie-on, Brian with tie-on, ride in a lion of iron. Box quote from Ryan. Ryan in nylons reading a bio of Byron riding a lion with Pion while on the highway to Zion. This is PSVR Gamescast Live, where we film live every single Monday, West Day, and Friday right here on PSVR Without Parole. My name is Brian Paul from this channel right here, called PSVR Without Parole, and this gentleman over here, far away from me, but ever close to my heart, it's Wes Dillon from Virtual Strangers. What's up, Brian? How are you doing on this fine mid-October evening? Mid-October? Oh, it is mid-October. Dude, I don't know. Sadly. I don't know how I'm feeling, man, because... Because I feel like I haven't celebrated the, the the month yet. I haven't even really started. I've been trying to watch like some TV shows and more movies and whatever. And I just I keep going back to the Jeffrey Dahmer uh, series that's on Netflix right now, which I couldn't really watch. I watched the first episode or two, and it I don't know if it was disturbing or if it was just too much Jeffrey Dahmer. It's like ten hours of the Jeffrey Dahmer story, uh, and so I, I noped out after the first, second episode, I think, and then I finally went back to it, and I'm glad I did because it's a uh, an interesting story, and I think it's really well done. But yeah, yeah, it's kind of all I've been watching, man. What about you? Yeah, same. Uh, I've been. It doesn't feel like October to me yet. Although I, you know, I know that it is. I've been so busy, I haven't had time to enjoy it or celebrate it at all, literally at all. So uh, yeah, I would agree. The only thing that I've really watched is that Jeffrey Dahmer thing on Netflix, and that's only because. My wife was watching it, and I literally I started watching it like two thirds of the way through, and 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 watched it through the end. I feel like I need to start over though, because literally, like most of the juicy stuff, literally juicy stuff, had uh, already taken place. Yeah, yeah, they kind of get right into it in the first episode, and then they backtrack quite a bit, and uh, did they do the boring stuff? The boring stuff is, I don't know. I it feels to me like, I don't know. I don't know. There's there's something there's something very disturbing about about the series, and it has nothing to do with the fact that it's about a serial killer who's you know somewhat of a cannibal. Um, Spoiler it, alert! <laughs> yeah, for sure. So I don't know. I don't know. It's it, convincing myself to watch it made me feel wrong. And as somebody who loves horror movies and like really never has ventured into territory, I'm like it's. It was the same feeling as Human Centipede, but but not for the same reasons. I was like, I just don't know if I should be watching this because I'm not interested or just it's not the kind of stuff that I like to watch. Uh, 
but not yeah. Well, but it, it didn't gross me out. It was just weird. I don't know. It's, yeah, it's different when it's real, right? Like like I could watch fi- acts of fiction all night long and watch people get mutilated. Even like the best, most upstanding and pure characters get ripped apart and and nothing. But when it's real, you kind of feel dirty. Like 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 these Netflix executives are profiting off the pain of uh, of a large number of families, many of which are probably still living this nightmare. So, um, yeah, it's, it's certainly different when it's for real. You know? I think, I think, I think that's probably what it is. That's probably what it is. Um, <clears throat> yeah. And, and there's a little too much of it. That's, that feels apologetic or something where it's, you know, Oh, well, here's why he's this way. When part of me is like, I don't, I don't really care why he's this way. <laughs> like, you know, like that, that's for, that's for, you know, the courts and, and psychiatrists to figure out that's as, as somebody who has nothing to do with these murders. I promise. I swear. I had nothing to do with me. I was like 14. Um, yeah. I don't the think pacing's that... weird too. Like it, it, it seems like the series should have ended, uh, two or three hours before it actually did. It just keeps going. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's, that's the other part of it. I, I was exhausted by like the sixth or seventh episode. It, it, it could have been a really good three hour movie. Instead, it's a 10 hour expose. <laughs> I don't know. Dude, let's get into some tips before we get too late here, uh, too late into the show. We got Waleed is now a game cat, specifically a white tiger with Canadian $2 tip says, Hey guys, West Nest Day is a perfect day for a post connect show. Boy, howdy, is it ever? Um, serial killer, the fully functioning game cat, the $2 tip says, Happy West Nest Day. I am home and better. Thank you. Welcome home. Very happy to hear. I'm sure you were exhausted uh, every day thinking you were going to get to go home. And then they're like, another day? Hospitals are fun. Uh, and we've got, yeah, science, comma, game cat, comma, meow, with the $5 tip. I'm going to guess that's Donnie. With, saying PSVR 2 will be the king of VR gaming. Hail Sony. Hail PSVR without parole. Pizza, pizza, pizza. You think uh, you think PSVR two is going to be the king of VR gaming, Wes? Yeah, it seems to me, uh, especially you know on on the post in this kind of post connect state that we're in, it seems to me like Sony might be the only VR system that's focused on entertainment at all. Everything yesterday seemed uh, rather, um, I don't know, business like. Not only in the like focus of uh, where they're wanting to take the technology, but just the format seemed very business-like yesterday, almost like uh, like the presentation was meant for shareholders rather than, you know, enthusiasts. Yeah, it's funny because I was talking to a developer in the chat. I won't name their name just in case uh, they don't want to be named. Um, but they were saying, you know, this it's this this event really was for developers, which I thought was interesting. Uh, because then it didn't seem like the whole thing was for developers because there's a whole segment about games and that was for the gamers. And there was a whole segment that seemed to be for the investors. And so my response to that was, so if it's for three different groups of people at any point during the connect event, two thirds of your audience are fucking bored. And so I don't, I don't, I don't think this is the right way to do it. I, I, I think they showed some really cool things. They talked about some really cool things. This was just not the right way to unveil the pro to unveil horizon to unveil i mean any of this shit man like it just doesn't it it felt really bloated to me 
And, and for for what it's worth, though, um, you know, as kind of generic as the uh, the video presentation seemed to be, uh, I did log into Horizon World for the first time yesterday, Ooh. and I actually watched this thing in VR, and uh, it was cool, man. Like they they put you in this kind of virtual theater, kind of like a uh, big screen type thing, which I, I don't know if you've ever been in big screen or not, but it's a, it's a virtual cinema yep. basically. But as the topics changed and the themes changed, so did the uh, environment around you. It literally would morph into whatever it was they were talking about. And that got pretty cool a couple of times, uh, you know, the Among Us being uh, one very notable uh, time where, where everything just kind of switched into a Among Us world, you know, in outer space. It was really cool. Uh, it, it was uh, enjoyable. And as someone who has tried to watch these events in VR before, only to have them break or be uh, completely, um, you know, unwatchable for one reason or, or the other. Uh, I've, this was a huge turnaround, and, and not only was it watchable, it was actually really cool. Nihilus Ryan, the game feeling with the $5 tip says, oh, by the way, I think PSVR 2 will be the king of VR gaming if, capital I-F, they get behind this hybrid feature we keep hearing about but not seeing. Well, we can't really blame Sony for not talking about the hybrid content because they've never actually said hybrid content outside of a game developer summit uh, that we leaked. <laughs> and so uh, when you hear about people using the term hybrid, it's because we leaked it and Sony has never ever said anything publicly about this. It will be very, very interesting to hear if they start using this term on a stage uh, or talking about this when referring to games like Resident Evil Village, uh, or if this was something that's more internal that they're just going to, you know, occasionally like we'll we'll see the results of, and we'll see games that are obviously hybrid games, but we're but but they don't actually call them hybrid games. It'll be interesting to see if they they call it that on a stage or not. Yeah, I think that's the more likely scenario is that this is game dev talk. Yeah. You know, it's kind of internal speak, and we will never see. Most likely, we'll never see that used as an official term. You know, Sony they're always on brand, and that that doesn't sound much like a, a trademark to me, but. I do think that we'll know it when we see it, right? When we start to see all of these big franchises, these big flat titles also have a VR mode, we'll know exactly what it is. Yeah, agreed. Uh, and and they don't really need to use the term hybrid. I, I feel like as consumers, we don't need to know all that much. We just need to know that this game that you absolutely fucking love is coming to uh, coming to PSVR 2 with, with VRAF features. Uh, and that's all we need to know. I wish Sony would... I wish whoever's out there with the car alarm will fucking turn it <laughs> off. Um, and I wish Sony would uh, adopt the term VRAF because that's a without pearl special. And, uh, and I think it's, I think it's essential moving forward that we use the term VRAF to describe what VRAF means. Professor Lilith with the $5 tip says by popular demand, the Sunday multiplayer for Sunday, October 16th is drum roll battle wake. I mean, I got a cough popular. instead of a drum roll. Really? That's <laughs> popular demand. Really? It's never been uh, the weekly game before, so now's your chance. Um, I mean, I will say, uh, I will say, like Battle Wake, the, the multiplayer is a lot of fun, uh, and, and it was very short lived. There was there weren't a lot of people playing Battle Wake the week after launch. So if you've bought Battle Wake and you've always wanted to experience what the multiplayer is like. Fucking get in there, man. Uh, this Sunday, October 16th, 2 p.m. Eastern. Make sure you join our Discord to, uh, 
to make it easier on Professor Lilith and everybody else who organizes these things. And thank you, Professor Lilith, so much for taking care of this week after week after week. A lot of games that would be sitting in our backlog, unplayed, now get played because of Professor Lilith. Uh, Doing God's work, Brian. That's right. That's right. Um, Wes, we, we... we obviously broached the topic uh, of yesterday's Connect event a little bit, uh, but we but there's a lot more stuff happened uh, than than we've discussed. And I think one of the biggest things that happened during that event was we found out that uh, that Facebook had bought three studios, uh, three VR studios that most people are probably familiar with. There was uh, Twisted Pixel, Armature, and Camouflage. Um, I think the one that everybody here would be most familiar with would be Camouflage because of Iron Man VR and Republic VR. Um, do, do you think any of these purchases, Wes, uh, will affect PSVR two at all? Do you think that one's a bigger loss than the other ones? Uh, I consider camouflage probably to be the biggest loss only because this is a, a developer who's already very prominent in the Sony ecosystem. There's been a lot of, uh, or at least a bit of, um, speculation that they might be working on uh, a PSVR two title because, or, or even maybe uh, be about to be picked up by Sony because didn't they just open a new office in like Tokyo? Am I am I wrong about that? No, you're not wrong at all. Uh, they they developed this uh, this strategy, which according to Ryan Payton isn't their idea, but they they saw it and they were like, we could we could totally work like this, where basically game development would be happening 24 seven, right? It's like the people in North America are making a game and then pass the build off to the people in japan uh and as they wake up they've got this new build and they get to work on that and then they go to sleep and pass the build off to the u.s and blah 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 so this game is being designed basically around the clock um and uh so yeah so the team is expanding uh and yeah i don't know man i don't know i've actually i've actually struggled with this a little bit wondering if this is like a huge loss or not, I know a lot of people out there, I got a message from somebody recently saying Iron Man VR is one of the best PSVR games. Uh, so this really sucks. And I, and I don't yeah. know if the best PSVR game is something that most people actually think of when they think of Iron Man VR. It had, I think it had more, it had quite a few flaws um, that's in a lot of them never got addressed. Well, um, I happen to be a fan. I, I thought Iron Man VR was very good and uh, one of the better titles to release during the kind of latter stages of the PSVR life cycle. Um, you know, is it a huge loss for Sony? No. There, if, the, if anything, we know that there are plenty of studios to go around. Uh, I don't think it's going to affect us uh, usually in one way or the other, but I, I think it's I think it's a much bigger pickup for meta than it is a loss for sony we'll say that this is a solid all of these studios to be honest are solid picks up for pickups for the uh meta stable if you will and uh i actually was just wondering the other day what twisted pixel might be up to and literally within a week here we are getting news that uh, they've been picked up as well i'm a big fan of twisted pixel uh which are they the ones who made uh What's the game that you were trying to convince me to play on PC VR? Uh, yes, they, yes, they the are the one that made um, Wilson's Heart. Wilson's was Heart. A, uh, and that's notable. what bumps me out about this is because I was really hoping that, you know, PSVR 2 would be the place where all of these PC games and Quest games and, and, and maybe games that just didn't, that were made, they were in development a little too early, uh, you know, before 
mass market adoption of PSVR to, uh, of, of VR in general. I think PSVR 2 was going to be this place, or, or still could be this place, where g- games that were long forgotten uh, that came out before most people picked up their VR headset and, and, and didn't have the marketing to you know to, to keep selling these games to new VR owners. Uh, it was a, it was a chance for all these developers to have a second chance. Uh, and so Wilson's Heart was one of those games. I was like, oh, I bet I bet they spent a lot of fucking money on this game. I bet that we'll get this on PSVR two, and they'll make some. Fun. And at this point, I'm like, I don't think that's happening. Do you think we'll get an Iron Man uh, Iron Man VR remaster on PSVR two? Um, I wouldn't think so. I mean, we, I think it's just as likely or even uh, maybe a little more likely that there would be a sequel because I don't expect this quest version of Iron Man to be a, a big jump forward in, in terms of like graphics and, and production values. I think it will be a little bit different, obviously um, because of the control scheme, right? You'll have real VR controllers to, to use in the game. And I'm very interested in getting there and seeing what that actually means for the gameplay. But I don't think that this is any kind of indicator um, that that we're going to get a remastered version. I did find it interesting, however, Brian, uh, that when they were kind of wrapping up that segment during Connect, that they listed Sony as a partner uh, in this uh, venture, which um, you know might seem like a small thing um, in the context of this one release. But you know, partnerships like this tend to uh, to take on a life of their own and extend into the future. So, you know, that opens opens up obviously a door of possibilities uh, with regard to future collaboration. What might we see come to the Sony catalog from the Oculus catalog now? Well, I mean, if we're going to talk about partnerships that we saw during this event, I think the one that we have to call out then is the Xbox partnership where you can play, uh, you can play Xbox games flat screen in your uh, in your quest headset, uh, that's yeah. having, uh, allowing game pass. Is it game pass that they're allowing? Is that what it is? I, for, I wasn't paying close attention, but, <sighs> but the fact that there's an Xbox Oculus or meta partnership to me says, well, okay, well here, here comes stuff from Xbox over to meta. When are we going to just be able to plug our quest into our Xbox series X? And play and play VR games over there. I feel like that's the next logical step with that partnership. Yeah, and they kind of alluded to who knows what might happen a year from now. They literally said that during the segment, uh, and this is something that we've been speculating. Roots and I have been speculating about for a couple of years now, just because it makes so much sense for Oculus Link as a feature to come to Xbox consoles. Because uh, I mean, not only is it a, a way for um, oculus to sell pcvr games again or pcvr quality games again through that console but it's it's a ready-made way for xbox to compete in with sony and vr without having to you know shoulder the full burden uh, of uh, developing a brand new ecosystem uh, it's a win-win and it makes too much sense um hopefully i'm very hopeful that uh this is something we actually see in the years to come me too. Uh, and annoyingly unknowable in the chat. <laughs> it's a great name. Uh, it specifies these are cloud-based games, uh, so we're not going to be able to play them. Uh, you, can't, you can't even download them and play them. So uh, depending on your internet connection, uh, this may not be a great situation. I've, I've always found um, PlayStation Now games to be almost there. 
but never quite exactly where I need them to be. Like for slow paced adventure games, fine. But you know, for any kind of shooting game, it's like fucking forget about it. Even, even a one second delay or a half second delay really affects, you know, how, how games feel. Um, so it's an interesting, interesting first step, uh, and interesting to see these, you know, giant companies like Microsoft and, and Sony and, uh, and Meta all kind of working together in different ways. Uh, the future will be very interesting, Wes. Certainly. And I think it just speaks to uh, what, what we've kind of alluded to a few times before, that Sony and Meta aren't really direct competitors. They're, 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 um, their player bases are going to kind of overlap a little bit. But what Meta is doing is so, so different and, and really so much larger scale in the grand scheme of things than what Sony is doing by being focused solely on entertainment. At least at this point, you know, Sony obviously can uh, change paths at any time, but uh, at least up until now, they seem to be focusing on their one thing, which they happen to be the best in the world at. You know? uh, Wally does now GameCast, specifically a White Tiger, with a Canadian $2 tip, says, we can expect an inside-out tracked version on PSVR 2. Uh, I'm assuming he's talking about Iron Man, and um, I would hope... That if this, you know, that, that just because uh, camouflage is being purchased by Meta doesn't mean that we're not getting some kind of. Again, I don't think Sony want Sony put a lot of money behind the Iron Man on PSVR one. If there was a deal to get it to PSVR two, that happened a long time ago, um, and so I fully expect there to be a PSVR two version. Um, and inside out tracking is important um, for um, for Iron Man. It's I don't know. Just to just to kind of cap this off, I don't. I, I I've always really liked camouflage, and I always liked their ambition. But I feel like they've always bit off more than they could chew, uh, and and and, I've, and I'm kind of hoping that this means that with the quest, if they're making native quest games, that they have to sort of scale back their ambitions just a little bit uh, in order to, and and because they'll have to be forced to scale back their ambitions a little bit, maybe that's actually their games that they'll be able to like pull off successfully from start to finish because as great as Iron Man was, there were all of these little things that sort of added up and been like, Oh man, why are these load screens like fucking a minute and a half long? You know, why, why is it teleport only inside of Stark mansion? Why is it this? Why is it that? And, and, and when you're in the suit and foot, <laughs> when you're in the suit and you're flying around as, as Iron Man, it's great, but it's, it's sort of the everything else that needed some work. Um, and so if they can scale back their next project a little bit to make it, you know, because it's a quest game, I think they might be a little bit more comfortable in that wheelhouse. So that's my hope for them. I hope they succeed. I hope they do great things. Uh, it's a great team. I love the guys over there. Uh, so uh, I'm looking. By the way. Uh, yeah. I'm sorry. I don't, didn't mean to step on you there. No, no, no. I uh, just want to shout out Endeavor One, who's listed as a uh, collaborator in this whole thing as well. Yeah. Yeah. When, when, when is Meta going to buy you guys out, Endeavor One? Silence. We'll silence. That. You know. You know what silence means, Wes. It means they can't tell us because it's happening. <laughs> right. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, all right, man. Well, enough about other VR headsets because uh, we're gonna have our own VR headsets to talk about in just a second here. Just a second. What are you looking at? Okay. Sorry. I'm distracted. Um, <laughs> the next story actually is pulled though from uh, from that same Connect event yesterday. Uh, Skydance showed off a new Saints and Sinners Chapter Two trailer. Um, what do you think, man? Should we should we just watch this thing from start to finish? 
Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, it's awesome, and I notice new things every time I watch it. So probably a good idea. All right, let's bring this thing up then. Do, 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 do. Let's go to big full screen and turn up the sound. If I'd have known you were going to cause this much trouble, but that's done. It cannot be undone. Mama's desperate. With the scale of what she's planning, no one will be spared. Good and evil no longer exist. There is only survival. Guess you ain't the only one who thrives on creating havoc. Derek's a psycho. That bomb suit he wears, I've seen bullets just bounce right off it. Um, <laughs> nothing, everything's, nothing's ever smooth around here. Um, Wes, uh, there's, there's, there's a, kind of a lot to unpack there on, in that trailer. It's like two hours, uh, two hours, two minutes and 20 seconds. Uh, and a lot of it was new footage. A lot, some of it we'd seen before. And, and uh, you know, cause I feel like we get a new trailer for this. Somebody's, we were just hanging out in voice chat and discord right before this. And I think it was Jay Meowies and I think we get a new trailer for Saints and Sinners like every month or so. Um, it's, so it does, it does have that feeling to it been like, oh, we've seen this before. Um, but there were some new things in there. Did, you, did anything jump out at you? Uh, grenade launcher. Did I not see a grenade launcher? I'm pretty sure I did. I think you saw a grenade launcher. Yeah, uh, taking out big... I think what, what's interesting about that is anything that causes like mass amounts of destruction, like a grenade launcher would, I can just picture walkers flying in every direction when they go off. It makes me wonder how much... Like, is this going to work the same way as... Uh, chapter one, where the bells ring, and once the bells ring, you know, swarms of walkers come out. Uh, are we going to be able to survive longer because of weapons like this once the bells ring? Yeah, I think that's kind of been the tone of uh, each and every trailer, and, and each one even more than the last, is that you, it looks like the game, uh, at least at times, is going to be a bit more action-oriented. It's going to put you in some hairy situations, so to speak, 
And uh, that seems to be okay because they seem to be equipping you with what you need to survive these situations. So, uh, yeah, I think it's a welcome change, actually. I was a little confused, though. Um, one, one of the cool things, I, I'm pretty sure this was brand new for this trailer. They show you putting on gloves near the end, right? And earlier in the trailer, you see your character wearing those gloves and punching zombies in the face. Like, so you have just, I mean, they must... I don't know if they have special powers or if they're just protective and you're able to do it or, or what, maybe there's like some steel tips or something. I'd have no fucking idea why you need gloves to punch zombies in, a fa- in the face, but I think that's what they're implying here. And then, and then they also show you climbing up the side of the building, uh, a side of a building at the end of the trailer and literally like grabbing a walker and like throwing it off the ledge. Yeah. You grab its head. Like it's a bowling ball. Stick it, stick your thumb through its eye socket and throw it. I thought that was really cool. Did it did it look scripted to you? That's what I'm concerned uh, yeah. about. Yeah, it looked like at least it might have been partially scripted, uh, I, or it could be the whole thing. And this is something we've seen s- sprinkled throughout these trailers, is that they're, they seem to be focusing on some of these scripted events, which, you know, I, I think it's cool. I actually, I think this adds to the experience, adds to the polish level for me, uh, it's uh, it's a storytelling device, and uh, and really makes it more of a cinematic experience. As long as there's plenty of gameplay in between these yeah. sequences, I have no problem with it at all. I'm, yeah, I'm 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 very curious about this because uh, one of the things it was always interesting in Saints and Sinners Chapter One, where you just grab a ledge and climb up and kind of like pull yourself up to the next area, and then there were a couple places where you could only get to by climbing, but it was sparingly used like very sparingly used and i was always curious like why they didn't give us more things to climb or more places to climb optionally and and maybe find some hidden places or whatever um and then they show us put you know putting on these gloves and climb up the side of a building and like huh like is that is that something we'll be doing more of in this whether it be you know scripted or not scripted I, i really hope it's the case because i think climbing in vr is just one of those things that feels really good uh, every game I've ever played with climbing, I'm like, oh, this is great. I'm, I'm so happy there's climbing. <laughs> so I, I just hope there's more it of it. The, it makes this the experience VRAF, right? Sure does. There's also a scene where uh, the dude just grabs uh, grabs the railing and just vaults over the balcony. And I, I don't remember being able to do that in the first game. Uh, so your character being a little bit more dexterous and being able to escape from from walkers a little bit easier. As you said, you, you kind of pointed out this, this whole thing kind of makes it feel like it's more action oriented or puts you into more action sequences, giving your character some of these, even if they're very light parkour abilities, uh, just in order to get away or do things that a normal human being would able to be able to do. Um, I think, I think it would be really helpful. So it's good. I think, I think there's yeah. some good things that were revealed in this trailer. Yeah. And another thing that I noticed and it's something, you know, people, um, I've heard some criticism. Um, people are speculating that the game might be a little too focused on the French Quarter, which, by the way, I love. If you're going to have a game in New Orleans, that's where you want it to be. You want it to be on Bourbon Street, uh, which, by the way, there, there are uh, there are clues out there uh, to the, you know on the Skydance website, or they have a dedicated website for it that shows a street map and, and a few other things that kind of. Uh, lend you a little bit better idea of what you're going to be doing and where you're going to be doing it at. But uh, as time has gone on, we've seen, you know, specifically in this trailer with the climbing scenario, 
that we are at least at some point in this in this uh, chapter going to find ourselves downtown. We're going to the tower, so it's not all going to be focused in the French Quarter. Yeah. So those of you who are out there who have these concerns, I think uh, you can put them to rest now. I mean, we keep getting footage from this kind of down downtown scene. I'm being corrected in the chat. Um, you could definitely vault in the first game. That's good to know. I don't I don't remember doing it. So maybe uh, either there was a couple of spots. There was a couple of spots where you could um, hop a fence and get in a yard. It, it was never in the context of escaping, but there were a few places where you could do that. Okay. Yeah. Maybe I've just it's been too long since I played it. My memory's fucking garbage. So I apologize uh, for that. Uh, I did see Kara Erdem in the chat say maybe the gloves take away less stamina when climbing. That's something I didn't think about. Is because stamina is a huge thing, in, uh, or at least was a huge thing in the first game. I'm assuming they're going to keep the the whole stamina system the same way uh, in the second game. Maybe make minor addition, make minor additions or subtractions. Uh, I'll tell you, I don't, I don't know about you, Wes, but I, I I don't mind stamina systems at all. I don't mind weapons that break. It, this is all fine stuff. It's, it's all survival stuff. Um, what I don't like <laughs> are when you eat a pop tart uh, and it, it <laughs> and somehow it hurts you. I was like, listen, man, sustenance is sustenance. I don't care how many years it's been since the zombie outbreak. Pop-Tarts are probably good for a couple decades after their expiration date. Do that. Yeah. Um, I did see a skiff. I saw a skiff at the beginning of this thing. There it is. Um, which, which to me means we're going to be going to all different places in the exact same way that we were from in the first game. Um, you're going to have like a little central hub area where you, where you probably go back and recover and uh, craft, do all your stuff, and then you head on out to all these different locations the uh, same way as the first game. Yeah, yeah, I think uh, I think that this game is going to be very similar to the first game. You know, there, there's this kind of debate going on with whether or not this is a true sequel or just kind of an expansion. I, I think it's going to be somewhere in between. I, I think that there's going to be enough new stuff here for it to be its own standalone game. I think it is going to be an expansion in every way, uh, but it, I do also think it's going to lean heavily on the kind of form of the first game. I think it's going to be very similar in the way it's structured and in the way it plays. Yeah. Now there's a Pop-Tart discussion in the chat. Look what I've done. <laughs> um, no PSVR 1 release date. Um, no anything release date other than Quest. Right, right. Which is what, December 1st? Some... Uh, yeah, I think that's correct. Yeah, the beginning of December, and uh, which is interesting because the first time around it, it hit PC first, which okay. it still could. I mean, technically, although that is not um, the assumption. The assumption is it's coming to Quest first, and uh, that that really makes me wonder if we're going to get this on any other platform this year. Yeah, things have been uh, things have been strangely quiet and dude in that whole do not open announcement uh earlier this week regarding the psvr1 version of that game simply no longer existing uh doesn't give me a whole lot of hope uh for saints and sinners uh on psvr1 if my when i say that i mean like if it's not going to make it out this year on psvr1 then i mean every single day that goes that that every single day that passes your audience for the PSVR one version shrinks and shrinks and shrinks and shrinks, especially with PSVR two. So who's going to buy a PSVR two and then buy this on PSVR one. 
right? There's still probably a few lingering people who's, who will have a PSVR 1 and are not ready to upgrade. People who haven't had, bought a PlayStation 5 yet. I totally understand there's a lot of people out there like that uh, and will probably take a year or two, if maybe not longer, to get their PSVR 2. But still, that number is small. Um, so yeah, a lot of those a lot of those players have quests. Also true. Although I'm sure I'm sure you played Saints and Sinners Chapter One on Quest, and uh, I wouldn't recommend it. Would not recommend it. That is, it, it works, but it's rough, man. It's rough. Um, I was surprised that it worked as well as it did, but man, you you're dealing with some of the dumbest AI on the face of the planet on the Quest. Um, and, and that we're talking about dumb zombies. Right, like zombies are not fucking smart to begin with, but they are really dumb on the quest. And so when you, when it's that noticeable, something's up. Did you try it on Quest Two or, or on the original Quest Two? I don't think it didn't come out on Quest One, did it? Did it? I don't know. I, I thought it did, but maybe I'm wrong. I don't remember. But yeah, Quest Two. I only bought a Quest Two because that was the only way I could play the AfterShocks DLC early. Ah, uh, see. Um, and speaking of which, man, I did see the um, the the blacklight from the AfterShocks DLC in the trailer for Chapter Two here. Uh, so there were some really strange things in Aftershocks, like some really obtuse puzzles that used the blacklight. And if that, it, but if they found a way to integrate that better into this full-fledged sequel or this full-fledged new game, uh, I, I think that's really cool just to be able to pull it out randomly and, and kind of like find some hidden areas or give you, you know, some, some puzzles that are hidden in plain sight kind of thing. Uh, I think, I think it's a really cool mechanic that they added. And so I can't wait to see how they do it at it to this game yeah some killing floor incursion vibes with that one uh, i think i think it's likely uh, again m most great sequels uh expand in in every way and i think that that's a cool uh a cool feature that got added late in the cycle of the first game that uh really will probably see its potential in the sequel <laughs> tiffany from skyance is in chat she said yes it came out on quest one <sighs> My apologies to the Quest One gamers who played it over there. All right, Wes, this is not the only Skydance news that we got yesterday. Uh, we also got um, a reveal of their new game, which is not, <laughs> which is not in the Walking Dead universe. Um, and it's called Behemoth. It was only about like a, I think a twenty second teaser, and uh, it didn't really tell us anything other than. This game's going to be real fucking snowy, and there's some stones in the shape of a hand. <laughs> it uh, it was uh, I dig the vibe, man. Uh, that's really all the game or all the uh, tease had to offer was a title and a little bit of vibe, uh, but it seemed ominous and cold, and uh, I like that. Yeah, let's uh, let's just play it in case anybody missed it. Let's bring it up right here. And that was it. <laughs> so short. Oh, wait, hold on. Let me turn this down. There we go. Um, I mean, there's not much to extract from it. Uh, the The only reason I would ever be excited for this because of what they've shown is because it's a Skydance game. And Skydance so far has proven that they know how to make good games and that they can make, and their games are generally VRAF. That's being excited for this for any other reason, I think, is it would be crazy. <laughs> 
Right. Yeah, it, it's all in the realm of speculation at this point. Although I will lend a little to that. Uh, wouldn't it be cool if we had to found ourselves in a survival scenario where we were having to mind our P's and Q's so that we don't get murdered by the Yeti? Ooh, the Yeti. <laughs> the Yeti. Yeah, so a couple different things, right? I was, again, I was in voice chat before the show. Um, our good friend Rypop threw out the thought that, you know, it, it seems a little God of War because of the setting. Um, and I think the font actually feels a little God of War-like. Um, but I, I was I was a little bit more on the side of this, to me, or I guess I'm just hoping, right? Desperately hoping. Every single time uh, we talk about Shadow of the Colossus, anytime that game comes up, uh, or we talk about games that we want in VR. That's something that people say immediately. Shadow of the Colossus. Because the sense of scale in VR is incredible. And so if you're just like this little dude, normal five to ten, five, I was gonna say five to ten feet tall. That's normal dude. Um, you know, five or six feet for a tall person running around and you just get these massive, uh, towering behemoths over you or colossi. Um, and in order to defeat them, you have to climb, climb them. Uh, and find different ways to take them down. I mean, it's it's a great concept for a game, and uh, and, and I'm actually kind of shocked that we haven't seen uh, seen a VR version of it yet. Unless there has been, I'm just forgetting. No, there hasn't been a, a, a VR clone of this concept yet, which is amazing because indie VR devs seem to have a a knack for picking the best of what uh, flat games do and making the kind of a watered down VR version. Uh, I do have vague flashes in my mind of climbing like moving structures. Did, did to the top do something like this where there's like a moving robot? Yeah. Yeah. That was really cool. And a a really cool um, feeling. I got to imagine if you were to incorporate some kind of battle sequence into the climbing, uh, it's only going to make it, you know, give you that much more vertigo, you know? Yeah. I'm just scrolling through the, chat real quick um yeah i'm really i'm really hoping that's what this is uh i mean obviously it could be just about anything they they gave us almost nothing to work with here but i'm hoping people in the uh in the chat will have something to uh some kind of speculation seeing what other people uh, think it could be matthew longo says shadow of the Colossus clones are always bad i'm trying to think of shadow of the Colossus clones that i mean even bad ones i can't Maybe my brain just shut down. Zombie fifty one fifty in the chat says Kona, and because of the snow, I'm assuming. <laughs> well, give me some vibes of um, an Oculus exclusive called Edge of Nowhere, which subsequently came from uh, Insomniac Games, right. um, which was a, a a game that took place in a, a frozen wilderness for the most part. Uh, it was a climbing base game, and there were massive behemoth like bosses in the game although you weren't climbing the bosses themselves you were climbing uh often crumbling pieces of ice as you were trying not to get hit by the massive bosses but uh, a lot of those very same ingredients were present in that game which happens to be one of the best pr games i've ever played it's absolutely great uh go green go green and game on uh, says, I wonder if people will puke in a Shadow of the Colossus VR game. That's like my hope, man. It's so weird when people say, "Oh man, this this would make me puke," you know, because they they showed off a first person uh, mod for Spider Man 
PS4 game or PS5 game recently. Um, and I was just like, oh, man, this would be perfect in VR. And all the comments were like, oh, that would make me puke in VR. That would make anyone puke in VR. It doesn't matter how strong your VR legs. I can't. I just want that, man. I just want like anything that would make me want to puke because of the insane level of uh, just the insane locomotion and being thrown all over the place. Because developers have been so scared to uh, to make people feel even remotely sick. Uh, it means we it means we haven't seen a good number of the games that we want to see. I don't want I don't want people to get sick. That's that's for sure. But like, but whenever somebody says, "Oh, this would make me sick," I go, "That's something I want to try." Absolutely, I, I play VR because I want to feel things while I'm gaming. Yeah. And uh, it seems like as time has gone on, not only have I, you know, gotten more used to the technology, the games seem to have been nerfed uh, more and more as the crowd has become more and more mainstream. So yeah, uh, anything that people are typically complaining about. Uh, VR sickness, um, you know, typically turns out to be uh, a fun experience for uh, guys like me. Well, speaking of VR and how we play VR to feel something, once upon a time, Wes, there was no VR. And back in those days, we uh, we played a lot of flat screen games. And you and I, we played a lot of flat screen horror games. And so picking up where we left off last week, last week we talked to you guys ad nauseum about some horror movies that we uh, may or may not have loved. We did. We loved them. Um, We realized very quickly that we didn't have time to talk about the flat screen games that we want to talk about or the VR games that we want to talk about to celebrate the spooky season. And so I think it's maybe time to talk about some of these flat screen horror games uh, that we've loved over the years. Now, Wes, you, you actually kind of revealed something to me uh, earlier about like a, sort of a hiatus you took from, from gaming a little bit, right? And so what, what is this gap that you have in your, uh, in your video game knowledge? Uh, literally, like I was a heavy gamer as a, as a child, you know, I, I was a Nintendo kid, 8-bit Nintendo, 16-bit Nintendo, 64 to some extent, I, I was heavy in the gaming during PS1, but after PS1, I, I kind of my interest kind of started to wane. Uh, I played a little bit during PS2 era, um, and then it seems right, like right around the time like Xbox 360 came out, I kind of stopped caring and stopped playing so much. Um, you know, during those years, I, I was had kind of reverted back to playing the old eight and sixteen bit classics that I grew up on. And really, it was PlayStation VR is what brought me back in the gaming. So there is a big gap there uh, where, you know, I often hear you and AJ and, and, you know, Dave at times talking about these games that I just completely missed out on that I, that I didn't play because I just wasn't gaming during that period. Right on. Uh, so going back to the very beginning, um, I was trying to figure this out as I was creating a list of games to talk about today. Uh, and... I was trying to figure out what, what really got me into horror, what really got me into horror games, that whole thing. Um, and, I, and I'm pretty sure I've got this right, that it goes all the way back to the original Maniac Mansion um, on the Commodore 64, oh. which as a seven-year-old, uh, I still didn't like humor. <laughs> like, I was like, that wasn't something that happened later in life where I was like, oh, I just don't like things that are funny, uh, which, is, which is really strange that I love Lucasfilm and LucasArts adventure games so much because they all for the most part, had a humorous tone to him. Um, but so, so as a kid, I didn't even like really understand 
that the game was trying to be funny. I, ju- I just thought it was terrifying because here I am, like these defenseless kids going into a mansion uh, and, and solving puzzles and trying not to get caught and thrown into a basement. And before you knew there was a loose brick in the basement to get you out, you're like, oh, I think this might be like, we just stay here forever. <laughs> so for me, that was really scary. Um, and then like fast forward just a little bit and it was Alone in the Dark, the very original one on PC, where it didn't run terribly well on my dad's PC. Um, you know, pushing poly- polygons around the screen for the very first time on pre-rendered backgrounds. Uh, computers just weren't really designed for that. And so everything moved really slowly. And so you had to be really deliberate with your motions. And so it was the first game where, like, the controls were so bad because of, I mean, the controls weren't great even when I played it later in life. But because you had to anticipate what you wanted to do a few seconds ahead of time um, because the game was running so slow, uh, it was terrifying for me. Uh, and so those are the ones that really, really got me into it. Where did, what what got you into it? You said you were an NES kid uh, growing oh, yeah. up. Were, were there horror yeah, games it, on the NES that I'm not remembering? Well, Maniac Mansion, for one, was on the NES, although it was, from what people say, a bit of a watered-down version. Uh, I still kind of look at that as the OG video game Haunted House. Uh, I but think, if dude, I'm, I'm look- the NES version I'm was... Sorry. After loving the the C64 and PC versions, the NES version of Maniac Mansion still my favorite version of all time. The oh, music yeah, fucking yeah. rocked. The, the everybody ran around the screen so fast, dude. It was like this was that's the fucking way to play that game. I love it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but if I if I had to go back to to see to, to, if I think about what really started me on on horror gaming, it's got to be Castlevania, man. Castlevania, the the original trilogy were among my very favorite 8-bit Nintendo games. And specifically, I like Simon's Quest. Like, uh, a lot of people shit on um, Mm -hmm. Castlevania II. I've come to note, you know, in my adult years. But at the time, that was probably my favorite game. I absolutely love Castlevania, and uh, I still love playing those games to this day. Awesome Tatum in the chat says, My first gaming horror experience was Ghost and Goblins. In Castlevania for the NES. Yep. And he said, but he does say, though I'm old enough to remember uh, playing Haunted House for the Atari 2600. Dude, I remember Haunted House. Haunted House was basically just like you play as a set of eyes. (laughs) And then you turn on your flashlight and it just looks like you're a meatball with eyes. Um, But I remember being, I remember that creeping me out when I was a kid because not being able to see in the dark is a little bit creepy. I still don't know how that game's played though. I was too young to actually play it properly, I think. Yeah, I, I played a lot of uh, Atari when when I was young. I don't remember this game specifically that you're referring to. Um, my, my memories are vague. I remember I was really into Asteroids and, you know, Frogger and Pac-Man and all that stuff. Missile Command. Do you remember but, Atlantis? Uh, no one ever remembers Atlantis when I bring up Atlantis. Not specifically, no. No, all good. Not a horror game. Not Not relevant to the conversation I just had to ask. <laughs> yeah. No, there are games that I remember, like visions of playing that i don't know what the titles of them are yeah but uh maybe atlantis is one of those who knows so where do you go from the nes uh well obviously we we go to uh well i mean i was big into to to super nintendo as well like i was huge into it i'm trying to think of any kind of like horror games that i played on that and and nothing really comes to mind other than like super castlevania the, the obvious one but um, I'm thinking about other stuff I played around that time. I remember sp- really liking Splatterhouse, yeah. which I think was a 
Turbo Graphics 16 or yep. it was on one of those other console systems. The first one only came in the states, at least, uh, maybe everywhere. The first one only came to t- to Turbo Graphics 16, yeah. And then two yeah, and three so were that, Genesis games. Uh, that pops out to me. The original Shadowgate on Eight Bit Nintendo, which isn't technically a horror game, certainly had a lot of horror elements to it. Is a dungeon crawler, one of the OG or the OG dungeon crawler game, really? Well, and um, was it? Uh, Icom, who made that game? Because they they also made Uninvited no or Zo uh, Zojoy. They made the same team made Uninvited, didn't they? And it was uh, and that was like a horror take on the Shadowgate formula. Yeah, I don't remember. Yeah. I don't remember at all. My memory is fried. Oh, I'm with you, man. Absolutely. Uh, a bunch of good people and a bunch of people in the chat with good recommendations. Um, uh, we got Kramer 3K saying Alien Trilogy on PS1, which is absolutely a great game um for for a pretty standard first person shooter that is absolutely terrifying we had aj in the chat saying zombies ate my neighbors on uh that's a super nintendo and genesis classic which isn't really a horror game right i mean it is because you're being chased around um by like dudes with chainsaws and stuff uh but it doesn't have a it doesn't have it it's i wouldn't say it's a scary game but it's certainly like castlevania got the horror elements in there yeah, kind of like uh, Altered Beast. Also, not really a horror game, but certainly some horror elements at play. I think. I think what we're realizing here, Wes, is that it took a little while for games to actually get scary, right? Because it's like right. there's only so much you could do on the NES and Super Nintendo as far as immersion is concerned. That's, that's why those games are so focused for the most part on gameplay, right? Just like platforming skills and uh, and run and gun skills. And, and then when we kind of got to the PS1 era with 3D graphics and obviously Resident Evil and, and Silent Hill, that's when games, I think, really started having the ability to be scary. You can make horror games all you want, but until that era, I don't think you found a lot of scary games. Right. And and to be honest, that, that was when, you know, I, I say Castlevania kind of planted the seed for me. It was Resident Evil 1 that really created this love of horror gaming that, persist in me to this day that game still remains as one of my all-time favorites i just love everything about it the set and setting the 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 kind of uh you know the the things that were revolutionary at the time with regards to the gameplay and the inventory systems and the way the puzzles worked in that game um an absolute masterpiece of a game and a travesty that the game hasn't received the same kind of remaster uh or, or remake treatment that two and three have have gotten at this point i totally agree i do want to point out zippies in the chat or z-i-p-p-i-z i'm not sure how you pronounce that it says my first horror game must be friday the 13th on commodore 64 i need to play it again wes you don't even know man you don't even know i just realized Actually. after reading that comment that I'm totally wrong because on, because that game scared the crap out of me on the C64. And it's, I look back on it and I, you know, obviously played it as a kid. Uh, I look back at it recently, just watched the video in the last couple of weeks of it. And I'm like, Oh, hey, this is, you know, I can see how this is scary, but it's that game. It's, um, what was the forbidden beyond the forbidden forest or something like that? There were some actually really scary games on the C64. Uh, so I, I do take back what I said because, I mean, at least as a kid, I was really scared. So thanks for reminding me of that, Zippies. Good stuff. You know, I didn't have um, a a Commodore. 
my uncle had one. He lived in uh, Detroit, many many hours away from me. Like it, we would visit them once a year um, when I was growing up, typically around Christmas. And one of the games that I remember playing on Commodore sixty four back then was Friday the Thirteenth, which, by the way, I, I think also deserves an honorable mention on uh, the NES, although it was a completely different game yeah. than the Commodore version. Uh, I think they both deserve recognition. Agreed. Agreed. And as, as terrible as it is, the Nightmare on Elm Street game on NES, I really enjoyed too. Um, yeah, but kind of getting into the era of stuff that uh, that I thought was, you know, really, really immersive and uh, and actually was able to really scare me uh, as as more as a more of a grown up person. Because um, I think I think it's easier to scare kids. Uh, so looking back on those games that, that scared me when I was six or seven, I, I don't I don't think it would scare too many adults even at the time but i don't know I don't, maybe i should ask my dad and my brother who are a little bit older my dad is slightly older than my brother which is maybe a story for a different time <laughs> also might be the dumbest set of words i've ever said together in my life um dude i think the playstation 2 uh might have been the greatest time for horror games ever uh, I'm just going to rattle these off a little bit because a lot of them work for the same reason. All the Fatal Frame games, uh, just terrifying, uh, just because it's, again, you feel very, very defenseless. All you have in those games is a camera, uh, which acts as a weapon, take pictures, and, and gradually uh, take down the ghosts, the spirits, whatever. Um, and, and it's the same kind of feeling in Haunting Ground, the same kind of feeling in Rule of Rose, the same kind of feeling in Clock Tower 3. Uh, it was just this, it was just kind of this golden era of horror games when graphics started getting like pretty decent and they, and, and developers were taking all these different risks in horror. Uh, and a lot of those risks tend to be similar, which is maybe a strange thing to say. It is kind of the, they were they weren't scared to make you a defenseless character, all right. So there was a lot of hiding, uh, and uh, and these big scary monsters, and you just had to like wait it out and you know, sneak around and run away. Running away was a huge gameplay element uh, at that point, uh, and I think that's really kind of like what solidified survival horror a little bit. Um, Matthew Longo does remind me, of course, Onimusha is uh, is horror, even if it's not as scary. It's another good one for sure. Yeah. Um... A couple of honorable mentions as I worked my way into this era where I began to lose interest in gaming. Um, there was, uh, I was big into Dooms, <clears throat> Doom 64 on, on, on Nintendo 64. We, we played a lot of Doom 64. I absolutely loved it. Mm-hmm. There was also a, um, an Evil Dead game on Dreamcast that I really liked. And I don't remember what the subtitle was, but I was a big fan of Evil Dead, you know, from even when I was very young. And uh, I really love playing that Evil Dead game on uh, Dreamcast, whatever it was called. Uh, but as we get into like the PS2 era, I, I actually didn't even own a PS2. I, I bought an Xbox, which I didn't play a lot of. I played uh, I played a lot of Halo <laughs> on it. Uh, but after that, that was really when I kind of started to, to lose interest. Interesting. So I, I want to say the Evil Dead game is probably Hail to the King, because um, I think the, there was one called Fistful of Boomstick on PS2. And maybe Resurrection, like some kind of like generic subtitle. Uh, there were two of them on PS2, I believe. Hopefully, I got that right. I think it might have been Hell of the King. I think you're, you're yeah. Correct I played it on PS1. It was, it was all right. It was like they 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 tried to kind of make like a more action heavy 
uh, Resident Evil game. Uh, but it, it was it played just as, if not more clunky than a Resident Evil game. Uh, so the, the action stuff was very difficult. Um, I tried to play it with save states not that long ago, uh, and even with save states, I struggled pretty hard. There are a lot of a lot of things in that game that are not explained, maybe as well as they need to be. Um, did you? Did, I mean, did do you just have good memories of playing that, or did you like actually stick with it and beat it? Do you remember? I don't remember. I remember, I remember playing it uh, and putting some significant time into it, um, but I don't remember if I ever finished it. Gotcha. Well, dude, one of the games uh, that we both had on our list, sort of, uh, kind of pushes us forward into the future a little bit here, and that's uh, on PlayStation 3. No, I'm sorry, PlayStation 4, uh, the Outlast series. Uh, Outlast 1, I, I just think it's one of the... Just this incredible experience. I can't believe it hasn't been made into a VR game yet. Uh, Outlast one, just like you're in this mental institution and you've got, uh, I mean, really fucking scary people coming after you. And it's absolutely terrifying. There's a lot of hiding in that game. Um, and, uh, and, and the great thing is that you're trying to, you're trying to film at the same time, right? So you've got a button to bring up your little camcorder, uh, and film different things to, to kind of, uh, kind of give you a little bit some of the more uh some of the story beats i think are unlocked by doing that it it really is in my book one of the best horror games of the modern age um but that wasn't the one on your list <laughs> right i never played outlast one uh i had outlast two on my list and i didn't play it during its time uh the the i played it maybe two years ago in VR, actually, uh, using a, a tool on Steam called Helix Vision that injects 3D into it. So you can play it on a giant theater screen, which takes up your entire field of view uh, in 3D. And uh, I thought it was really cool, man. I picked two over one uh, because of the uh, the story. You know, while a lot of the gameplay mechanics are the same as the first game, it's a completely different, unrelated story where you kind of, uh, the game starts with I think it was a plane crash and you end up finding yourself stranded in this place, uh, which is kind of this village that's occupied uh, by cult members, pretty much uh, the, the big bad in the game is kind of this, you know, um, kind of this cult leader and the people who in, inhabit the village are these kind of mindless followers. And uh, I really, I found that to be intriguing uh, again, some kind of real life elements in my horror game. I always love that. And, uh, yeah, it really, uh, it's one of a few games that actually scare me when I was playing it. And, uh, that's saying something because, you know, in essence, it is a flat game. We were talking about this right before the show and I need to look it up because I really need to find out if what I'm saying is accurate. The game came out April 24th, 2017. I knew it. I knew it was really close to the launch of PSVR 1 um, because what happened was is I was so down to play every horror game that came out and then PSVR came out and what happened was is all these flat screen games gradually started losing interest to me. And so I was still buying them and, and, and starting them and then within an hour or two going, this would be great in VR, and back then, right, PSVR had only been out for a few months. Back then, after playing Resident Evil 7, we were like uh, under the impression that really bringing any game into VR was possible and probably not a ton of work, which 
turned out to be extremely not true. Um, and so Outlast 2, I started playing. I was about an hour, maybe two hours into it. And uh, and I kept all I kept thinking was this would be so much better in VR. This would be so much better in VR. And VR games kept pulling me away um, from Outlast. And so I've never seen more than the first hour and a half, two hours of Outlast 2. Um, and honestly, I'd heard a lot of things that turned me off from it. People saying that it wasn't nearly as good as the first one. Uh, but I know you I know you haven't played the first one. But the fact that like you're not comparing it to the first one kind of makes me want to go and play it you know, enjoy it as its own thing. So maybe one of these days I'll finally check it out. If we don't get an outlast, uh, I was, I'm going to even say trilogy, uh, in VR. Cause not only do we have outlast one, we also have the whistleblower DLC. We have the, the second one. And then what's the new, uh, multiplayer one the that they announced? The outlast trials. Yeah. I think it's called. I, yeah. feel, I feel like we just, have they just not given us a lot of information on that? Because why do I still not know really what it is? Yeah, I don't. It it could be that, or it could just be that we don't pay that much attention to flat games. <laughs> maybe, maybe that's what it is. I keep hoping every time that it pops up somewhere, like in some, uh, you know, in some big game show, I keep hoping that they're going to announce it'll have VR support. But I know this is a much shorter conversation uh, than our than our movie one, and we knew it was going to be. Uh, because <laughs> I, I, I personally don't have it in me for a two and a half hour show uh, today, Wes. Um, but this was a good, this was kind of a good overview of our history with flat screen horror games. Unless you have other games to add before we call it quits. I think it would be, um, I think it would be tragic if we did make our way out of this without mentioning PT. Uh, I don't know if you ever had a chance to play PT. Yeah. I didn't play it originally. Um, Again, this happened during my lapse from gaming, uh, which is regrettable because I did end up playing uh, what most people consider to be a faithful remake called Unreal PT, which some uh, some developer, you know, remade it in Unreal Engine. Uh, and interestingly, it is playable in VR, uh, which is how I experienced it. And I absolutely loved it. You know, I, I, I remember playing Silent Hill back in the day and thinking it was cool, but I'm not like one of these Silent Hill fanatics. Like, you know, you, you see on YouTube every day, you know, as we wait for the big Hideo Kojima uh, reveal that everyone seems to think is coming. Um, my, my real interest as an adult in Silent Hill stems from the experience that I had in PT, which was uh, great. I absolutely loved it. PT is probably one of the saddest stories in gaming, I think, uh, because it really was uh, a game director that we hold in high esteem getting his hands on uh, on a franchise that I hold in high esteem. Like, Metal Gear was sort of... I'd fallen out of Metal Gear. I played Metal... I loved Metal Gear Solid 1, 2, uh, and then I tried to play Snake Eater, and that's sort of where I fell off, and I know that I missed out on a great gaming experience. Um but I still do love Kojima and, uh, you know, even played like the Game Boy Advance games, Boktai 1 and 2. Um, so, yeah, seeing – and also, just like I'd fell, fallen away from Metal Gear, Silent Hill games has sort of just been not as good as they should have been for a long time, um, starting with the PlayStation 3 Homecoming, which is okay. It's I don't think it's as bad as people say. Um, but then, But then – 
downpour is just fucking terrible. Um, so it was really kind of nice to say, okay, we're going to take silent, like the silent hill franchise seriously, uh, and give it to somebody who has been really, um, you know, prolific in gaming. Uh, somebody we know was, is going to take this seriously. It's not just some B team, uh, making, making a game. It was, it, it was exciting. And, and I don't think anything, anything about it was more exciting than the fact that the, the, the PT downloadable demo trailer teaser thing that we got was just so incredible. Right. And it just showed that Hideo Kojima knows what he's doing when it comes to horror. Um, I've never, I've never quite played anything like it. And, uh, I, I just, I just hope that, that, that this story isn't over because it would be one of gaming's biggest tragedies. If we never got silent Hills or PT or whatever Kojima had up his sleeve, for a horror game, uh, it would be nice to see what he had, even if it wasn't connected to Silent Hill, right? He could he could certainly uh, certainly just say this isn't a Silent Hills game. This is this is its right. new thing. This is our my, this is the horror game I've always wanted to make, and I've removed the Silent Hill element from it. That would be totally fine with me. Absolutely, and for what it's worth, I think it's you know it hasn't been announced yet, but. There's obviously multiple Silent Hill projects in the works right now. One of them coming from Bluebird Team and another one coming from some Japanese studio. Um, I, I don't, for what it's worth, think that that Japanese studio is Kojima Productions. But I do think that at some point, uh, relatively soon, we are going to see uh, Hideo Kojima make his horror game. Yeah. And we're also going to see him make his VR game. Hopefully they're one and the same. Um, but I'm down for both either way. Yeah. He, he definitely has this obsession with horror and he's been talking about his curiosity with VR for so long. Uh, it's, it's inevitable. It's inevitable. And maybe it's for the best, man. Like maybe, maybe we're going to look back at this conversation one day and, and, and go, man, we are, we should be, we are fortunate that we never got silent Hills. We are fortunate that this never happened so that this other thing could happen. And that that's really what I'm hoping is that all of this waiting will pay off uh, and we'll get something really fucking cool. Um, I don't think we'll see Guillermo del Toro's name attached to it though. Like it was with silent Hill. I think he's kind of done with gaming. Uh, I think he might've said something like Maybe. that. If I remember correctly, he, he does pop up in, uh, in Hideo Kojima's feed from time to time though, as does Norman Reedus. So uh, who knows? Maybe. Yeah. But nothing's going to be as amazing as when we finally find out what abandoned is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is a scam, just like everything else. I I, I held out hope longer than most, uh, but I, I have now lost all hope for that one. That like I don't think we'll ever see that game. Um, I think we'll get something, um, but only so that they don't get sued. <laughs> <laughs> all right, man. Yeah. Are you ready to play a little game of PSVR twenty questions? Sure. Let's do it. All right, man. I'm going to put uh, six minutes up on the clock, clock up on the counter the way that Jeremy likes it. And uh, I've picked out a game. That means it's up to you. Sorry, sirens on my end. Uh, And all the cats out there to figure out what game it is I'm thinking of with 20 yes or no questions. It's around here somewhere, man, I swear. Where's the clock? Where's the clock? The clock's never where I need it. On your mark. Get Dez. Go. Is it a horror game? No. It's not a horror game. Is it a good game? Yeah. It's frequently enjoyable. Frequently enjoyable. <laughs> Fre- frequently enjoyable. Is it a compilation? 
it's not a compilation. Frequently, let me let me let me. Frequently enjoyable means it may not be a great game, but it, it can be fun. It can be fun at times. Okay. Um, does it uh, use move controllers? Yes, it does. Is it a first-person game? It is. That's five. So that's uh, it's a decent first-person game that uses move controllers. Uh, is it primarily a shooter? Uh, no. Puzzle game? No. It may, it may have a puzzle, a puzzle or two, but not considered a puzzle game. Mm. Also, Jamie, I was mad at me right now. He's always mad that I give too much information in my answers. So, uh, first-person game with moves. It's not a shooter or a puzzle game, uh, although it may you may encounter a puzzle here and there. Uh, is it from a known um, IP? Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Has this developer made other PSVR games? They have. Okay, so known developer, first person with move controllers. Um, not primarily a shooter, maybe some puzzles. What kind of genre is it? Is it a sci-fi game? I, I wouldn't call it sci-fi. Um, no. Hmm. That's 10, by the way. Okay. Um, man. So... I mean, what what kind of game could it be? I mean, if there's some puzzles, I mean, shit. All right, time time to lean on the chat. Uh, Doctor Who is a puzzle game, so it can't be that. Um, would you call it a survival game? No, no, no. Shit. Um from a known franchise. This is from a known IP. Is the IP known outside of gaming? No. So this is from a known gaming IP. Um, hmm. Interesting. Uh, yeah. Does the game support DualShock? Mm, let me just double check, but I'm going to say no. Okay, so... No, no, no DualShock. Wow, lots of sirens over here, sorry. Well, I, th I, th well, I would think Apex... Well, I consider archery games to be shooters. Would you agree with that statement? I, I would, yeah. Shooter does not okay. mean exclusively guns. Is it a stealth game? Nope. No. Um, pretty sure Winlands supported DualShock, so it can't be Winlands. Winlands actually launched only with DualShock support, and they added move support later. Right. There's very convoluted controls. Uh, is it a stealth game? You already asked if there's stealth. Did I ask if there's stealth I, game? You it, said no. I said no. Yeah. Um, the Rockstar Detective game. Um... Does this franchise have... Uh, well, no, I don't want to waste the question on that. It's most likely a flat game. Um, how much time do I have, Brian? You have a minute and 50 seconds. And you have six more so. questions. Five questions and a guess. Uh, 
is is this game developed by uh, Rockstar? This game was not developed by Rockstar. That's fifteen. Okay. Um, I would consider an escape room game to be a puzzle game. I think that that pretty much eliminates escape rooms for sure. Um, and if it's a platformer, it wouldn't likely have. Uh... Oh, wait a minute! Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Is this a Bethesda game? Nope. No, fuck. Um, hmm. That's from a gaming IP. It couldn't be Tarzan. Um, can't be Gorn. I don't think the Sam and Max developers have done anything else. You have yeah, 35 man. seconds. Three questions and a guess. I know. Is there a musical? Is there a musical element to the game? No. No. Um, It's not a compilation. It can't be dreams. Um, Shit, man. Um, Is is it a platformer? Uh, No. So it can't be Moss. Um, how many questions I have left? You have one question and a guess, and you're out of time. I'm going to give you a few more seconds. Use them up. Uh, is it Shadow Legend? It is not Shadow Legend. In fact, this is one of the newest PSVR games we have from VR Kiwi. It's Cave Digger 2. <laughs> I would have never. You could have given me 50 questions, and I wouldn't have guessed Cave Digger. <laughs> uh, well done. What yep. could I what could I have asked that would have given that away? Like what genre? First of all, what genre would you put Cave Digger in? It's an exploration game, maybe? Exploration game, yeah, I guess. Um It was definitely a tough one. Uh but I thought, you know, right off the bat you learned that it was from a known IP from gaming that developer has made other PSVR games. And so I was like, Man, he's on the right track. If you had asked if it was like a sequel uh or something, I think you would have been there. But Well, and I mean that wouldn't have maybe if I Asked if it was a sequel, and then asked if it were multiplayer. Multiplayer. I still don't think I would have got. I would have gotten it because that's such a hard game to, to genre, and I think that's what threw me off. Like I couldn't put my, you know, I, I couldn't put my thumb on what genre it was, and therefore I never really got started down any kind of real path. Yeah. To eliminate stuff. The only thing, uh, the yeah, Tatum did say, well, you know, a good question would have been, was it released in the last year? That. I think that would have helped to start thinking about yeah. very recent things um and i and there are some platforming elements um but not exactly a lot um no, it's not a platformer yeah the only the only question that is exploration game yeah the only question i stumbled on is sci-fi i'm like it's steampunk that's not really a version of sci-fi but Anyway, a looter. Good call, Twitcher. It's a looter. That's it, that's correct. Absolutely, a looter, not so much shooter. Um, right. Although there is some shooting in there. There is. Wes, uh, what's going on in the world of virtual strangers? Why should people be clicking that link in the description below and subscribing to you and the gang over on your channel? Well, uh, we got new releases, friend. Uh, we're being overrun by them at the moment. Actually, tonight. We are going to be talking about Runner from uh, Truant Pixel, which just launched this past week. 
I've been playing it all day. Uh, we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about um, Federation 77, which is actually uh, a game that was once known as RU-77 from Mirowind. That's still a thing? It is, and it's out. And uh, just hit Steam last week, and uh, it's 10 bucks. And uh, we've got some keys to give away, courtesy of the developer. Our friends at Mirowind hooked us up. Uh, so we're going to be doing that tonight, and we're going to be previewing Requisition from Arcadia, wow. which actually comes out uh, next week. So, uh, yeah, we've got a full plate tonight. And uh, it seems like it might be this way for the foreseeable future. That's awesome. Yeah, are you uh, 77? Is that what it is? Um, yeah, it's called Federation 77 now because they are a Ukrainian studio. Oh, so yeah. For obvious reasons, they changed the name. Good call. Um, yeah, I, I I just felt like they, they abandoned that or whatever, especially with, uh, wasn't it, isn't it Desperate Vladivostok coming from the same team? Um, so I thought yeah, that that's what they were focused on, but RU77 looked decent. What's uh if I can get a spoiler, um, for anybody who's not tuning in tonight, now I feel like I should, I shouldn't ask you for this. So everyone has to tune in tonight, but what, what are the first impressions of runner? Because obviously this was the first PSVR two game ever to be announced and announced right here on without parole on their, on our April uh, PSVR AF celebration. What, um, what are the first impressions? Well, I will say that they nailed the vibe from the trailer. Good. So those of you who kind of dug the promo material, uh, the game very much feels like that. Uh, and it feels like something you should be pumping quarters into, man. This is an arcade AF, and uh, it, it's super fast-paced. Like, um, I'll say this. this. This is the game that you probably wanted Transformers to be. <laughs> That's a really good description. All right, I might have to pick this up on on Quest just to try it out for myself because I've been very curious about this for a very long time, and it looks like a lot of fun. Uh, so maybe I'll pick this up. Maybe I'll pick this up. All right, man. Well, don't forget, everybody in the chat, if uh, you're curious about any of these games or you're curious what's happening in the lands of VR outside of PlayStation, uh, then subscribe to Virtual Strangers. We should put this on the box, Wes. The only other VR channel I watch. And yes, that includes PSVR Underground. Suck it, AJ. Thank you to everybody who hung out today. Thank you to everybody who uh, participated in the chat. Thank you everybody who supports us on Patreon.com slash Without Pearl Games. And for $3, get your name on that. Scroll down below. Uh, and for $5, we'll eventually get some, <laughs> I promise you, we eventually get some uh, bonus videos. I'm sort of on vacation for this week. I'm just doing games casts, you know, so I can hang out with everybody and have a good time and remind people that this channel still exists. Um, but I swear, once uh, the weekend rolls around, I'm back on um, <laughs> VR spry guy in the chat says suck it AJ awesome <laughs> uh, Texatron the boopable game cap the $2 tip says uh, WD one terabyte internal HD HD with heatsink on Amazon for $119 you heard it here first go what, get your what? go get your storage on Amazon while it lasts um, yeah thank you to everybody who supports the channel thank you to everybody who hung out during the show and of course all of you cats out there who sat back and watched the show didn't say a goddamn word we know you're out there and we love you just as much. Let's get out AJ, of here, cue the cat. Oh, oh wait a minute. I'm not going to cue the cat. I'm not going to do Suck it. Suck it, AJ. I'm not going to do it. Suck it, AJ. Hey, Wes. Uh, 
because we didn't cue the cat and because um, we don't have anything else to mention, uh, it, we're just hours away from the sixth anniversary of PSVR 1 launching. Do you think Sony's going to do anything at all? I think that uh, we are going to get an amazing blog post. I think a blog post is exactly what we'll get. Um, everyone's like, oh, well, it's obviously too late to announce like a showcase for the 13th, um, which I agree with. But they could use the 13th to announce a PSVR 2 showcase or PSVR 2 state of play or something, right? Like to say, hey, in celebration of the past six years of PSVR 1, we'd like to look with you. We'd like to look forward to the future. Um, And so please stay tuned next week on this date, this time, we'll have a PSVR 2 um, state of play. Uh, And I really really hope they use this anniversary um, as a springboard to be able to announce something like that. I'm asking too much. I hope so, too. I, uh, I think that we're more likely going to get an update on the last video store and Humanity and uh, Dash Dash World and Zero Caliber. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah. Do you think any of those games are still coming to PSVR 1? No Dude, I have zero no hope for Dash Dash. It's like It's been delayed like two years since its initial projected release date. <laughs> yeah. PSVR yeah, 2, man, all the way of... at this point. Yeah, yeah, I I agree. We're we're already in the next gen, even if Sony hasn't caught up to us yet. Yeah, that's true. All right, man. Well, I can't wait to wake up tomorrow with all you cats and see what Sony has or has not said. So, good night, everybody. Good night, Wes. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. <laughs>